Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Audio Know How podcast with me, Ethan Ramsey. This is episode five, and this week I am joined by George. Hello. And we are here to talk a little bit about guitars. So we're going to talk about all aspects of guitars when it comes to recording them and working with guitarists and making guitarists feel comfortable. And the most important bit, getting your guitars sounding good at the end of the day. So first of all, hello, George. How are you? Hello, I'm good. You all right? Yeah, not not bad. Um, can I just quickly ask you first um, a little bit about yourself, a little background? So I've been playing music since I was 11. I'm now 22, so over a decade now. Uh, I started off on the trombone. I was classically trained, but as I moved like through my teens, I took up the guitar and eventually that's become my main instrument and gone through college, gone through uni playing it. And yeah, that's basically what got me to where I am today, where I am now. Great. Um, I mean, I have recorded George several times playing guitar and he also just, he can just pick up any instrument and just play it. So I thought he'd be a really good person to ask, um, well, just to ask the the tips and tricks on recording guitar. So first of all, I wanted to talk to you about guitar health. So yeah. this is what should an engineer know about how a guitar should be should be kept in shape and how that affects the sound yeah okay so um basically like there's things you can do to it almost every well pretty yeah every guitar on the market that um uh will help it sound a lot better and help it play a lot easier you get better takes out of it as well if the player's comfortable playing it so um the first one's obviously fresh strings um don't change your strings on the day because it'll keep going out of tune change them over uh change them the day before stretch them make sure they're gonna stay in tune but they're still fresh you've got like a nice window of a couple of days after you tune them where they're still at like optimal freshness and they'll still sound amazing um yeah and you'll get good recordings from that uh intonation as well really really helpful it means your guitar stays in tune uh when you're playing at higher frets um, the another thing is action. This is very player specific. A lot of players prefer to have like a lower action. It's basically how uh, close your strings sit to the fretboard. It can change the sound very minutely, but um, yeah, it's mainly based on player preference. That one. So it's those are just little things that you help you get the better takes and help the guitars sound better when you actually record them. And obviously, in an ideal world, you're working with a perfect guitarist and everything's perfect, but. As a professional, we know the world isn't perfect. And I think it's it's really good for engineers to know these things, to just have them in the back of their head. Because at the end of the day, I could go and put the best microphones on the guitar amp, go through the best mixing desk, and at the end of the day, it might not sound good. And you need to think about these things and you need to go back to the source of the sound and realize what has gone wrong there. And maybe that's why it's not sounding so good. Yeah. Um, I also believe engineers should know that sometimes the guitarist might not be using the right guitar for the job, the right guitar that's suiting the song. Do you agree? Yeah, basically um, every uh, guitar, different guitars have different characteristics. We all know like uh, Fenders and Gibsons, they sound completely different. They feel completely different to play. Um, and it's mainly uh, there's uh, different characteristics of the guitar and the ways they're built and even the wood they're made out of that can change the tone of the guitar, change how warm it sounds, if it sounds sharp. Um, so stuff like the pickups, I find different pickups useful for different things. I like to use humbuckers for playing like big, powerful, heavy rock, rock music because they've got that big, thick sound that responds well to distortion. 
Uh, and then P90s I'd like to use for like indie and lighter rock. And then single coils clean up really well, in my opinion. So that's why I use those for. Um, there are other factors as well, minor changes such as like what hardware you're using can change, so like what bridge you've got, whether you've got tremolo on there, can change how the guitar sounds. Um, and there's also a huge debate online on the guitar community, YouTube, forums, whatnot, about whether wood makes a difference to the guitar tone. Um, <laughs> a lot of people get very angry about this, and uh, personally I think it does, but only, again, a little bit. Um, but say stuff like um, guitars made out of mahogany, so some Les Pauls and Gibsons, um, they'll make uh, they'll sound like heavier and thicker. They'll have a much warmer sound, whereas guitars made out of say ash or carina have a lighter, snappier sound. Um, so that's something that you should bear in mind as well. So if you're an engineer, for example, working in a studio and you have like a set of guitars that you've got for for bands is it just in case maybe it's a good idea to have a few different ones like with different pickups and yeah keep your options open yeah i've got yeah, yeah. um at home i've got i think uh three or four guitars and they've all got different configurations with different pickups um so i can get like a really broad uh, range of sounds from them and that's that's why i have like multiple yeah okay so um i also wanted to ask you and I, I strongly agree with this. Um, that again, this is just my opinion, but I really think that you also have to have the right pedal for the right job. Yeah. And I know guitarists, when they buy a new pedal, they just want to use it and they love it and they love the sound. But sometimes you really just have to be honest with the guitarist and tell them, look, this pedal isn't working for this track and maybe we should try a different one. An example of this is I recorded a track and the guitarist had a really... It was like a brand new distortion pedal. It was a great pedal. I can't, I can't remember what it was, but it was a really nice pedal, but it just didn't work on the track. And I had to honestly tell him, I don't think this is going to work. And we went through with it and we got home and in the final mix, we just weren't happy. And in the end, we actually had to go back and re-record it with a, like a blues driver instead. And it just made the song because... As a mixing engineer, you can do what you can, but if the audio going in isn't right and it wasn't because it was a wrong type of pedal for the song, it's never going to work. And as soon as we did that, the track was just so much better and it really helped. Yeah, it's a really good idea to keep your options open. Um, it's just like you have different guitars with different pickup configurations. Um, you have different distortion pedals and different chorus pedals and different reverb pedals to do different jobs. It's the same kind of theory. Uh, just because just you've got one thing, it doesn't mean it's going to do everything perfectly. Again, it's not an ideal world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit about guitar recording. So if we've got the right guitar for the job, we have the right set of pedals, and now we're thinking about what amp to use. So can you just break us down what different amps you think work for different jobs? And like the ones that an engineer should be aware of, maybe not choosing an amp to use in a studio that they're hiring out because it might not work for that specific genre. Um, yeah, so you do get amps that kind of um they do they do do everything to an extent but then you do get amps that are more specialist in genres so the fender i believe it's the fender twin reverb um that is the a great all-round amp it's I really like that yeah it's, it's it's a really nice amp really nice cleans responds well to most guitars um i have i've never had a problem with them um but i do find the distortion can be a little bit fizzy if, if you're trying to use it for like uh, metal and stuff so they're not perfect for everything but they're a very good all-round amp um if you are if you know what style you're going for it's a much better idea to go for 
an amp that suits that style. Say if you're recording uh, indie, then again, Fender or Vox might be a good idea. If you're or clean stuffer, those two amps as well. If you're recording rock, you'd maybe go for a Marshall or a Mesa Boogie. Um, they're slightly higher end, but they do do a good job. I've, I remember this one time, the first time I ever heard a Mesa Boogie, and they are yeah. so good. Yeah, they are amazing. Yeah. They uh, they are re- they really the yeah the price matches the sound yeah. unfortunately <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, and then if you're recording more metal style music, you might want to go for like a PV or something, um, a little more of that genre. Um, but a good idea actually is to have a look at uh, pinpoint an artist whose sound you want to sort of like sound like if that makes sense, and have a look at what equipment they use, what amps they use, what pedals they use, and then try that out, see what works for you. Yeah, and then. Um they can get their own sound. So maybe as well from an engineer's point of view, maybe the band have sent you a reference track and they're not sure how the guitarist got that sound. They really like the guitar sound. So maybe like you said, look into that artist and how they got it and maybe think of ways that you can incorporate that into your recording setup and to try and replicate that sound and obviously alter it if need be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't straight up copy the sound of it. If, If you want it to sound like it, you can always tweak it. But if you want to get in the right ballpark, um, it's good knowing what equipment to use first. Yeah, it's a good place to start. It's a great place to start. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, So that's pretty much it in terms of recording. But I will obviously cover the different miking techniques and recording techniques for guitars in a later episode. And we'll go really into depth with that. So today is a lot more about knowing about the guitarist and their equipment and what to use. Um. Moving on, I wanted to ask you about double tracking. So I think this is vital for getting a big guitar sound. Do you agree? Yeah, especially in um, uh, in more rock-influenced uh, music, you want that big, little sort of punchy sound. And double tracking and then panning the tracks to either side um, really, really helps to achieve that. Because if you just have one guitar track and it's going straight down the middle, you don't get that um, uh, spectrum. You don't get yeah. that spectrum of sound. Um, so yeah, I've I've recorded stuff without double tracking before, and it's and the guitar parts have just sounded weak, and there's no punch or feel to them. But if you double track it, then all the little intricacies they all sort of like I don't know they all sort of like I don't know how to describe it. Like they most. like spread out and become more open and yeah. bigger yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of sound. Yeah, yeah, completely get you there. Okay, so next um, I want to talk about, so you've recorded your perfect guitar take and it's, and then you get home and you realize uh, there was maybe one part you wanted a bit heavier or you wish you put it through a different amp. Would, would you think it's a good idea to go back into the studio and re-record it all or to just run that guitar th- take through an amp simulator? So um, when it comes to amp simulators or even reamping, it's... Um, I find I find it's always nice to have a just a clean track that's been recorded straight into an audio interface, a clean, perfect take uh, that you can just use and put through whatever equipment you want afterwards. Whether I it be another, totally agree with you. With whether that. whether it be another amp or it be software, um, I think reamping can be a wonderful thing if you want that um, if you want that sort of amp the tube amp sound. Um, because I, as much as I love amp modeling software, and it's what I use most of the time, I 
do believe you don't you can't get a better amp than i uh, can't get a better sound sorry than plugging into a valve amplifier turning up to eight or nine running it through a cab that's well worn in uh, you're never going to get you're never going to get a better sound that matches yeah. up to that um but now having said that amp modeling uh, amp modeling software has come on so much especially in the past five ten years yeah and i completely agree with you with that point you're saying about recording a clean signal this is something I always do when recording. I always take a completely clean signal, a DI, um, if possible, not even going through the guitarist pedals, because then later on you have a completely clean signal you can tweak with. You can also reamp it with software. And nowadays I just find it's a lot easier to sit and reamp it at home instead of having to book out a studio again and re-recording the whole thing. And you can also experiment with so many different amps at your fingertips. And like you said, it's so advanced now that why wouldn't you? I always try if I've got the band together and I'm going to be in a studio anyway and there's amps there, I will always try amps because there's just certain things that you can't replicate. But if need be, I've got my clean signal that I can tweak when I get home. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about, and this is something I like to do because, well, I'm, I'm a little bit OCD, yeah. <laughs> as George knows. Yeah. I love to record, if possible, just a clean demo of a track. So this can be just sample drums a di bass and a di guitar and then with that you can experiment with your amping software and you can figure out what kind of amps are going to suit it and then later on in the studio you can use those amps in real life and get your real sound but it's a real nice placeholder to have yeah so i use modeling software for this all the time like i record it takes straight into a computer um, maybe using modeling software and then I can just change it and tweak it to make it sound how I want change maybe the amp preset um, change certain effects that go in front of it if you've got that uh, those plugins in your in your DAW uh, just you take time to get the sound you want because it's so much easier to just hear it from the speakers and tweak it well that's the only thing you've got to concentrate on rather than just playing it at the same time if, if, if it's just come if it's already recorded then you've got so much more like concentration on it yeah no i i completely agree with you and this is great that george is doing this because when i record george he's already experimented and he already knows his sound and he comes up to me and he goes i think this amp's going to work best i've tried this guitar and this one that one's going to work better i'm going to use these pedals and then i'll sit down and think about what microphones i need to use to get the to capture the sound that he's created in the best way possible and to finish off i wanted to talk to you george about uh, guitarists who are also vocalists so I have worked with guitarists that are lead vocalists and I've worked with some that are backing vocalists and this might not be true but I've found this quite often that when a guitarist who is a vocalist as well is in the vocal booth on their own with no guitar they're a bit lost they find comfort in singing with their guitar in their hand do you agree yeah easily uh, if that's what you're used to live like just just like anything if you get used to something you do you know how to do it that specific way but as soon as someone takes an element of that and changes it it changes your whole like i want to say mindset about it yeah yeah so you you suddenly feel out of your comfort zone if um not being a uh, like a major vocalist myself i can't really um I, but I know that I, I, I get it. I, I've seen it happen in bands that I've been in. Like we've gone into a studio um, and they've just put the guitarist in the room to do backing vocals and he just can't do it. 
because he doesn't have he's not he's not in his comfort zone basically but as well like when they've not got the guitar in their hand i find as well they they lose their place like they don't know where they are in the song yeah and to to get around this i will nine times out of ten if a guitarist is also a vocalist i will put a guide vocal up so this can be just a an sm58 or any old microphone you have you record that guide vocal the rest of the band can hear it he can hear it he or she and this means that they know where they are in the song and the guitarist feels comfortable. He can go back, listen to that guide vocal, and then you can put him in the booth and he'll be a lot more comfortable doing that. I'll always try avoid recording them both properly at the same time. But if it's the only way you can get the best performance, then it is the best way you can do it. If they're going to perform better with their guitar in their hand, then I'll do it. Maybe just give them their electric in the vocal booth don't plug it in and just let them play along it, you're not going to get a massive amount of of leakage into the microphone because it's not even plugged in but it's it's just for comfort and i find it really helps with people who are mainly guitarists and also do vocals so let's wrap it up for this week um i would just like to say thanks a lot for coming along george oh, thanks for having me it's been good and i've hoped you learned a lot so just want to mention before we finish off, this is obviously me and George's opinions on recording guitars and all these different aspects. These aren't set in stone. There is no book that's saying we know better than everyone else. This is just what works for us. Yeah, this is just like I have I don't have a lot I've never had a lot of experience with recording before I met Ethan and before he helped me like get on the right track. Um so this is just kind of like little nuggets of information that I've just kind of picked up along the way. So this is like based on an experience of learning. Exactly. So uh, I am Ethan Ramsey here with George Smith and this is Audio Know How. I hope you've enjoyed. Don't forget to check out my social media and also George's Instagram will be in the description. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>